It's good enough for me. It was good for our fathers. It was good for our mothers. Amen. As Brother G.A. Mangan used to say, it'll make you spit and sputter. You let you know you got her. Amen. That old-time religion. Amen. It's good enough for me. Praise God. Neither is there salvation in any other. Amen. It's a practical religion. If any man among you seem to be religious and brought or not his tongue, but deceive his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their afflictions and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If we know we are born again, we say we have religion, there's a lot of things we have to cut off and get rid of and continue to walk in that newness of life. We must now move and press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus, we have to make up our mind, amen, that we're going to serve God. Now, a few weeks ago when I was teaching, we was talking about it should be joy and patience in our trials. No matter what we go through, we got to exceed in precious promises from God. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to ever forsake you. So I have to cling to that promise. Amen. Every promise in the book is mine, every word, every chapter, every line. So I have to make up my mind that I can endure hardness as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. Things are going to come. We already know that. So we need to put that in your mind. Jesus already told us, as he told his disciples, settle it in your mind. Okay, you're going to be persecuted. Things are going to come up. You're going to be rejected. People are going to talk about you. People are going to say all matters of evil falsely against you because you are a Christian. You need to settle that in your mind and make up your mind that they're not going to deter me from my destination. Amen. Sometimes I might pick low cotton, as we say down south. And if you never pick cotton before, believe me, it hurts. Anybody ever pick cotton other than me? <laughs> you know, around the bottom of the stalks, I mean, is, that's what's called low cotton. And so you bend over. You, you're, you, you're constantly walking down the road, bent over. So guess what? It's going to hurt you back. You know, you're pulling a sack down the road and you're picking cotton and putting in it. And cotton might look like it's light, but once you start getting up around 50, 60 pounds, dragging a bag behind you down the road, it gets pretty heavy. You know, uh, and so it, it hurts, and there's a lot of things that picking cottons, you know, bull weevils bite your fingers, and the, the, the top of the cotton ball, amen, they, they're real sharp, and I mean, you cut your hand, so it gets painful. Well, it's the same way, there's gonna be some pain in this. You know, Jesus went through a lot of pain. He suffered, you know, and there's gonna be some things we're gonna go through, but we got a promise from God, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You know, as Peter says, you know, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. He says, but rejoice. Okay? I, I, I get through my trials. I get through my circumstances and the things I'm going through if I keep rejoicing. And then I, I cast my cares on the Lord. So pure religion and practical religion is to put these things into action. Amen. Keep my joy. Keep my faith. Keep my patience. Learning how to wait on God. You know, constantly throughout the Psalms, you know, we see that the Psalms is it says, wait upon the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, 
on the Lord. In other words, keep serving, keep doing what you're supposed to do, and let God work. Because the Bible says he'll work if we let him. So we don't want our faith to waver. That's why the Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, is designed to help us to go back and see. You know, the things that was written for was written for our learning that we, through faith and patience of the scriptures, would have hope. So we see what they went through. You know, Abel offering the God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Enoch walked with God, and it was translated that he should not see death because God translated him. Nor, being one of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving as his house, condemning the world, became the righteous of error, which is by faith. Abraham was called the God to go into a, a, a land that he would later receive as inheritance, obeyed, went out, not knowing where he went. Sojourning in the land of promise, <laughs> dwelling in tabernacle with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. Look at it. When you get to the end of Hebrews, what does it say? You know, the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and Japheth and David and Samson and the prophets who through faith endured. You know, they went through all kinds of things. Look at what they went through. They were stoned. They were sown as under. They were tormented, afflicted, desecuted. You know, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deck and mountains and dens and caves in the earth. They went through things. You know why they went through it? Because they embraced the promise. They had a promise from God, I'm taking you to a better place, and they embraced it. And practical religion is what we do, is we embrace the things of God, and we move forward. Amen. To the promises that he has promised. The Hebrew says, when God made promise to Abraham... Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself that surely blessing I will bless you and multiply and I will multiply you. Amen. Now, number five on your sheet, we're talking about the recognition of the divine source of all blessings. Where do your blessings come from? Do your blessings come from that job you go to every day? Amen. The blessings come from the Lord. Amen. Our blessings come from the Lord. Notice what James says there in, in uh, James chapter 1, verse 16 through 17 and 18. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. Everybody there? Got your Bible open? Do not err, my beloved brethren. Now, if you go back, see, he's talking about temptation first, right? He said, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God because God can't be tempted with evil. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. So he says, don't err. Don't get out of the way. Don't make mistakes. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. It says, don't err. Don't go wrong, my beloved brother. Verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadows of turning. 
of his own will, begot, he has by the words of truth that we should be a kind of a first fruit of his creatures. Amen. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Amen. The things that are beautiful, the things that are excellent, the things that are pure, the things that are perfect, those good gifts, it comes down from the Father of lights. Amen. God, the creator of all lights. Aren't you glad that as soon as he stepped on the scene, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. John tells us in John 8, 12, that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. John, first John 5, 1, 5, this is the message that we have heard and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. Aren't you glad you know the light? Amen. So if every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, who's it coming from? It's coming from Jesus. Amen. The best gifts. How many good gifts is still being held up there that you haven't got yet? <laughs> we should have everything that he wants us to have. You have not. Because yes, not. He that asked it, receive it, and he that seek it shall find, and he that knock it, the door shall be opened unto him. So God is the God of light. So James has said, God is not the author of temptation. That's why he takes you back to the other scriptures. He says, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. Because God cannot be tempted with evil. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. See? So God is not the author of temptation. So that's why he says don't error. He says every good gift and every perfect gift, it comes from God. Amen. And so if you get the evil gifts, guess where it's coming from? Amen. There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able, but with the temptation, make a way of escape. Every temptation that comes against us, God has already given us his word of what we need to do to overcome it. We just have to stand on the word of God. We have to just begin to use the word of God. Every temptation that Satan tries to bring against Jesus, Jesus came back with him with the word. It is written. So we have to learn to stand upon the word of God because that's where the source of our blessings and protection is coming from. He have got us by the word of truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen. No man can come unto the Father but by me. So we need to recognize where our source of blessings come from so we will keep our focus on that source. Say, if I know where it comes, if I think the world is providing me my source of blessings, that's where I'll focus. Say, but if I know it's coming from God, then that's where I am going to focus myself. Psalm 68:19. Notice what the psalmist says. He daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. 
Amen. Blessed be the Lord. God is the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. What are you missing? He daily loaded us with all goodness. Notice what Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3, 22, 23. It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I will say of the Lord, he is my portion. Amen. Verse 24, right? I will say of the Lord, he is my portion, is my portion, said my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Everything I have need of is in God. Amen. So as I know where my blessings come from. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I looked unto him as a light and their faces what a shame. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. The angels of the Lord encamped the rod about them that fear him and delivered them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that put his trust in him. Amen. He's our source. Everything that we have need of. That's why the Lord said to David after he sinned with Bathsheba, he says, if what I gave you was not enough, David, all you have to do was ask me. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein, for it was established upon the floods, and I meant, wow, and established upon the earth seas. Who shall send into the hills of the Lord? And who shall dwell in his holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart, and not lifted up his soul to vanity, nor to sworn to see, he shall receive what? The blessings of the Lord. My blessings are coming my way. It's only a matter of time. Till his purpose comes to pass. It's only a matter of time. I'm waiting for a miracle. I'm waiting for a miracle. I'm waiting for a miracle. Overtaken by a blessing. Amen. Every good gift. Every perfect gift. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Starting at, with verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Alright? Paul said, I want you to be smart, right? Isn't it amazing? Paul used that phrase a lot in the scriptures. So I don't want you to be stupid. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know. Amen. Because what are we doing? We're growing, right? We're growing in the knowledge of God. And so we're, we're, we're getting PhDs here. We're going to be Pentecostal holiness disciples. <laughs> we're going to get you an AA. An apostolic authority. 
BA, be born again, right? But I want everybody to have a PhD. Because <laughs> God says, go forth and make disciples, right? So I gotta make you holy. You gotta be Pentecostal. You gotta be apostolic, right? So everybody should have a PhD. So next time you go to work, they put on your application, you got a degree, put PhD. <laughs> and they say, well, what is your PhD? And tell them, say, I'm a Pentecostal holiness disciple. <laughs> Might get hard. <laughs> I would not have you to be ignorant, brother, concerning the thing, uh, not be ignorant. You know that you Gentiles carried away in these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give unto you understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. As I told the class yesterday, the revelation of the truth of Jesus as mighty God has to come from God. The Holy Ghost, amen. It reveals and brings to knowledge and understanding that Jesus is God. As Paul says in 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God form, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. That's why Peter was saying, Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto men, whereby we must be saved. So Jesus is the Almighty God, all right? Amen. Don't don't let it be deceived. In him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is in Jesus Christ. He's the God and the Father in creation. He's the Son in redemption. And he's the Holy Ghost in emulation or in operation. In him is all fullness. When you look at the ark in the wilderness, you had the court, you had the holy place, and you had the holies of holies. Three separate places. One tabernacle. Amen. You look at the ark, three floors in the ark, one ark. Amen. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? Everybody understand that? I want you to be ignorant. I want you to be smart. All right, here we go. Now, these are there are diversities of the gifts, but the same spirit. There are the difference of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all and all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the works of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But these all work that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severely as he will. So these gifts, or spiritual gifts, we call them, where they come from? The spirit. It comes from the Father. Amen. And so they should be on operation In the church, you should be seeking spiritual gifts for the edifying and the building up of the body of Christ. Say, you want to have the spiritual gifts. We need spiritual wisdom. 
We need the word of wisdom. We need the word of knowledge. We need discernment. Everybody should be praying for that one. <laughs> you need the spirit of discernment so you make right choices and right decisions. We've talked about that. Amen. The manifestation, the reveal, amen, to bring us to the understanding of who God is and how God operates. Every one of us that is born again need to have that operation in us. We need to know where our source of life comes from. We need to know where our blessings come from so that we will stay focused in that area. That's why you see throughout scriptures, they was constantly seeking after God. You know, they always knew where their source came from. And so we too must realize this as well. Jesus says in John 4:24 to the woman at the well, he says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him and spirit and and truth. See, we must be born again of the water and the spirit. The new birth is from heaven. It's not from the earth. That's why when Jesus was talking to the religious leaders and they asked him a question, and he says, I will ask you a question. He says, the baptism of John, was it from man or was it from God? So they got into a football huddle, and they says, well, let's see here. If we say from man, he's... They go, people is going to stone us. If we say we're from heaven, he's going to say, well, why didn't you listen to him? Because they saw John as a prophet, right? So when they couldn't ask him, Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you by what authority I do the things that I do. Say, the new birth is from heaven. That's why you've got to be born again. That's why Paul, if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, go to 1 Corinthians 15 real quick. <clears throat> Starting verse 45, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. God created man, and in his image, and God breathed in the nostril of man, and man became a living soul. Amen. He goes on here and says, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Say. So you got to see why you need to be born again. See? Because why? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The old man can't go there. That's why we've got to be born again. See? So it's from heaven, the ways of God, the ways God put it in place to follow his pattern. That's why Paul says in Romans 6, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Since God forbid, know you not that so many of us that was baptized into Jesus Christ, we was baptized into his death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So if I say I'm Jesus's, then I'm supposed to have the religion that reflects him. Everything about him should be being reflected in my life. See, the reason religion has got such a bad name is because people ain't following what they say they are. 
the reason Christianity has got such a bad name is people are just carrying the title and not living what they say they are. The devil knows what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, he's no fool. He knows. The people in the world knows what you're supposed to do if you say you're a Christian. Uh, I got a friend of mine, he, you know, he just got ordained not long ago, but when he was in the military, he had backslidden. And he, he was telling me one day we were talking, he says, you know, he says, I, as a young boy, my dad, you know, was in the ministry and I was brought up and I knew everything that I should be doing. He says, and I joined the military and I backslid. And he says, every time I would go to the club and I just sit on the bar and argue religion with folks. He says, I just tell them, you know, you know, this is, he says, man, I knew that I knew the scriptures. I just tell them all the time. And he says, what got me? He says, one night I came to my room and he says, and I was sick as a dog because I had been drinking and stuff. And he says, and I was holding wrath like none other. You know, he says, I was just barfing all over the place. And he says, and one of the guys walked up to me and says, look at you. You're nothing but a filthy drunk. You sat on the bar stool and tried to tell me about God. Now look at you. Is that what God is like? He says, from that point, he got up and he went to his room he wept, he cried, and he repented, and he prayed through and asked God to forgive him. And from that point, it changed his life. Kind of like the prodigal son. He came to himself. You don't go running out the prodigals. They have to come to themselves. You go out the lost sheep. Amen. The prodigal, he already been to the house. He knows what is in his father's house. He just has to come to himself and then come home. Amen. See, we need, we know where our, our source is. Amen. The divine source. Amen. Paul right into the church in Ephesus in chapter one, verse three. He says, blessed be the God of, and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. He's blessed us in heavenly places with all spiritual blessings. Amen. The anointing, compassion, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith. Think about all of the spiritual blessings filled with the Holy Ghost. Whoa. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we need to be able to recognize constantly where our gifts is coming from. Because God daily loadeth us continually. Amen. He gives us the things that we have need of. That's why the Lord says in Revelation, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. God wants you to be blessed. That's why he told Abraham, you leave home, Abraham, and I will bless you. Amen. And that's the same promise to us when we pull out from the world. Amen. And focus on God. The spiritual blessings began to flow to us. Look at all the stuff that Abraham had. 
Amen. He was overflowing with abundance. And as a result, him and Lot had so much, they had to divide from each other. Amen. And God will not stop blessing you. Notice Deuteronomy 28. Go to Deuteronomy 28 real quick. Time is trying to get away here. And it shall come to pass, verse 1, that thou shalt hearken diligent unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Amen. You want to be high? Amen. He'll lift you up. He'll set you in heavenly places. He'll put you on positions of authority and honor. Amen. We just obey his commandments. Amen. We do what he tells us to do. Amen. Who wouldn't want to be blessed? It's no different than our fathers on the earth. Amen. When we obey them and do what they tell us to do, we are blessed. Amen. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field, and blessed shall be the fruits of thy body, and the fruits of thy ground, and the fruits of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy baskets and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before these seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in the storehouse and, and all that thou settest thy hands unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in all his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, and fruits of thy body, and in the fruits of thy cattle, and fruits of thy ground, and the land which thou, the Lord swore unto thy fathers to give thee. Notice, and the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heavens to give thee rain unto thy land in his season and to bless all the works of thine hands. And thou shalt win unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath if thou hearkenest unto the commandments of the Lord thy God which I command thee this day to, do, to observe and to do them. That's why Peter would say, you are chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him which has called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. You are to be up, not beneath. Amen. You are supposed to be in authority. You are supposed to be, you know, doing great because you're being blessed of God because you're obeying his word. And God cannot lie. He has to perform his word. That's why the writer of Hebrews 6 says, When God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, 
He swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he received the promise. Look at Malachi 3. We like to talk about tithes and offerings. Amen. But look what God says in that passage at the end of verse 10. Deuteronomy, I mean Malachi, excuse me. Malachi 3. And I'm not here to beat you up about tithes and offerings. Don't think I am. I just want to show you a trick with a hole in it. <laughs> you there? Amen. I need to learn my Bible. <laughs> well, a man robbed God, verse 8, you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have I robbed thee in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with the curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be, be what? Meet in my house, and prove me now where we've set the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. What, what blessing is God holding back? Because we might not be tithing. Come on. Think about it. What do you have need of? Amen. Our source, everything we have need of, he has it. Whatever you need, God's got it. He's waiting to give it to you. But we've got to put our religion into practice. We've got to be action. And it's about action. The application of this book has got to be what, who we are. We are his servants and his witnesses. And so, therefore, we must do what he's asking of us in his word. We have to get wisdom and knowledge as we study this, because the fact of the matter is some things apply to the nation of Israel, and some things apply to us. So we have to have that understanding, and we have to be able to discern the moral law versus the, the ceremonial law. We've got to have discernment. That's why we need the gift of discernment, so that when God speaks to us, we know it's him speaking to us so that we do the right thing. But see, if I say I'm his, then I've got to walk according to the word of God. That's why Paul says in Galatians 5.16, This I say then, you walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, for the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. Witchcraft, emulation, strife, sedition, heresy, envy, strife, drunkenness, reverence, and such like, of which he says, I told you before that they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's, what has he done? He's crucified the flesh with his affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
Let us be desire, not desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. Amen. Don't envy me. I'm not your source. He is. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You want to be like Christ. That's what pure religion is all about, is doing what God's Word says. You're moving to perfection. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and righteousness, that the man of God and woman of God will be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. So your sources of blessings come from God. Don't let temptation control your life. That's what James is trying to get you to see. Because if you give in to temptation, what's going to happen is you're going to give in to sin. And when sin takes over your life, it's going to destroy you. That's why Romans 6.23 says the wage of sin is what? Death. It'll kill you. See? So you have to realize and recognize where your source of blessings come from. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And he said, well, believing in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I sent out a text the other morning, and I hope everybody got it. You know, the easiest way to lose your fall from grace is what? Huh? Remember the text I sent you the other morning? The easiest way to fall from grace is to do what? You don't forget it. Don't value it. See? You don't value what God gives you, you lose it. You lose it every time. Look at look what happened to Esau. He didn't value his birthright. And he lost it. And the Bible says when he tried to ha- wanted it, he couldn't find it. He saw that with tears. He was weeping. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Don't you got another blessing? Don't you got another blessing? He forgot what it was his. Don't forget what is yours, where it come from. Every promise in the book is yours. We have to value this grace. This new life, this born-again experience, man, nothing. That's what Paul is saying in Romans 8. Nothing should be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Man, we should be the closest, as close, get like John. What was he doing? He was leaning on the Lord's bosom, man. He was as close as he could get. That's what we should be. If I know him as close as I can get, I don't have to worry about anything coming between me and him. I know I'll be right there with him. Amen. He's my source. He's my shield. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of works. Amen. Not of yourself. It is what? The gift of God. So every good gift, grace, that unmerited love, mercy, God has spoken once and twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God and also mercy. He never runs out. He never gives up. Everything he has, that great source, is constantly coming to us. Paul told Titus, he says, for the grace of God, 
that bringeth salvation out of his peer to all men, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, we shall live soberly and righteous in this godly in this world. See, practical religion. Just living what you believe. That's all it is. That's all it is. Just living what you believe. Don't worry about what people say, what people think about you. You live according to this book, so what? As Paul says, what if some did not believe? He says, if their unbelief is going to make the faith of God none effect, he says, God forbid, you let God be true, you let every man be a liar in Romans 3, 3 and 4. Yeah. God is going to be faithful. He can't lie. See, he's going to do his part. He's going to be as faithful as his word. And you need to know that. Yeah. Nobody else can save you but God. If man can save us, you know, I'd be trusting in him. But he can't. Only God can save me. And that's where my hope is. That's where my, my faith is. It's in God. Not in man. As David says, some trust in horses, chariots, and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They're brought down and fallen. But we're risen and stand upright. Keep your head up. Don't look, don't look around defeated. My goodness, you got all power and heaven and earth in you. You don't need to be downtrodden. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Purpose in your heart. Amen. It's okay to weep and cry. So what? There's nothing wrong with crying, you know. But don't let it take you out the picture. <laughs> you know, get up. As I said at the onset, we're going to have things come against us. It's a given. It's, it's already, but you got promises. I'm not going to leave you. Your source is from Him. That's why when Paul in Second Corinthians 12, he says, "I sought the Lord three times to take this thing from me." And he says, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. So Paul says, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, God, then that's the way it's going to be. I'm still going to worship. I'm going to just worship him in my infirmities. I'm going to worship him in things I'm going through. Why? Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Okay? Because God has to kick in. He has to take over. Amen. So our source of blessings Comes from God. Well, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and 